0: In the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries, and we'll continue down that path, because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences, and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. We have an outstanding, outstanding episode for you today, with an unforgettable guest for episode 500. Oh my goodness, here we are, we're just hitting 500 episodes in year three of the show, and we wanted someone special for today's Landmark episode, and it was an easy choice, as we welcome Kristen Harela to the show, hailing from Norway, as she's a professional climber and former professional skier. She has reached the top of three of the seven summits, Kilimanjaro, Alkankawa, and Mount Everest. In 2021, while on Everest, she also summited Lotse in 12 hours, which ended up being a world record, becoming the fastest woman in the world, top Everest and Lhotse, which is the fourth highest mountain in the world. This year, she has an action packed climbing season planned as she's attempting for 14 8,000 meter peaks. Kristen feels that mountains over 8,000 meters are the ones that truly matter. And after returning from Nepal in 2019, she hung up a map of the Himalayas with all 14 8,000 meter peaks listed, seven in Nepal, five in Pakistan, and two in Tibet. On today's conversation, Kristen chats about the motivation for her to leave her professional skiing career and to begin climbing, essentially that she liked being out in nature and that she valued the journey more than the destination. We also talk about what she's learned about herself through climbing and she gives an hysterical answer about one thing that she truly loves. We also talk about Everest and how she deals with uncertainty and not knowing necessarily what the next step is when attempting a summit. Lastly, we chat about the importance of goals and why even after her descent, from Everest, from camp four to camp two, she was already planning her next trip and why it was imperative that she do so. Absolutely delightful conversation. She has tremendously addictive personality, so charismatic, so funny, and has wonderful adventures to tell. Luckiest show host in the world, being able to talk to the many, many, many truly unforgettable guests of the show and couldn't think of anyone better to celebrate episode 500 than with Kristen. Currently, she's in Nepal right now. so. Before we even listen to the episode, pull up her Instagram, kristin.harilla and check out some of these amazing locations that she is a part of and follow along as she attempts 14 8,000 meter peaks this year. Excited for you to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on Norwegian climber, Norwegian record-holding climber, Kristin Harilla, and let's learn. Where on earth are you now? Are you in Norway now?
1: Yes, I'm in Lingen. Uh, it's not so far from Tromsø. Oh, wow. It's north, uh, but um, I'm actually living in a place called vatse It's like 10 hours driving from here, but it's more east and a little bit more north.
0: Wow. Gosh, I mean, I could have thousands of questions just asking about living there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the,
1: the northern part of Norway is like in the... Arctic. So it's very different from the rest of the world, I have to say. And Tromsø is maybe one of the uh, only town or big towns in the Arctic. But now I have to say I would really like to get some sun and some warm because here we we don't see the sun now. And we haven't seen the sun since uh, late November. And like all November, December and January is totally dark. It's like, and I have really, because normally I'm not here all the winter. I've always been out traveling or get some sun, but this year I have been here all the time. And, and I have to say, I, have, I feel not like depressed, but I feel like it's so hard to sleep because it's dark all day and all night and you don't get the sunlight. So the body doesn't know what time it is.
0: Interesting. I never thought <laughs> about that. I thought it would have been more difficult in the summer where it's where it's bright all the time.
1: Yeah, I I don't uh, have trouble with that. I always feel the summer is super nice. Because then I also can like go out run like 8 in the afternoon and 9 and 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 I can run during the night as I have done many times and I love to do that. So for me it's no but I feel that I need less uh, sleep in the summertime.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> I've always been trying to see the northern lights and you probably see them on it every other day I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, but I have to say um, that I also feel it's very special to see it. And like we I have a friend here she's from the south of norway and she has been here for 3 weeks now and we haven't seen it because it's just been snowing 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 snowing. Yeah. And I have to say for me when I see it it's so beautiful and I always like feel really amazed when I see it.
0: Oh man. I was going through yeah. your in- Instagram and every picture is amazing. You are always doing something interesting, whether it be skiing, whether it be climbing side of a mountain, whether it just be I, I saw one picture just you in the middle of nowhere, just covered in snow. It was fantastic so i 'm curious growing up oh, what were you. some of the what were some of the activities and sports you did growing up
1: actually, I was um, a professional cross country skier until two thousand and nine, and then I quit and then I was like a Um, I was glad it was over because then you have to be really serious about one sport and for me all my life I have been doing a different kind of sports and I always love to do different kind of things and when I grew up I was uh, uh, playing handball and football and running and skiing and I was just loving to do uh, all kind of different things but where i grew up we don't have mountains so i didn't climb mountains before i was like i or i was really interested in the mountain from maybe 2012 when i moved to trumse because there we have more mountains uh, so but when i quit cross-country skiing, i was uh, like glad that i could start to do other things mm-hmm. Because if you're going to be a professional uh, cross-country school in Norway, you have to just do that and nothing else. Yeah. And for me, it was like, okay, it's it's okay to quit now. Yeah. Yeah, it should be more in life than just one thing, I think.
0: I, I firmly agree. So, what was it about mountains, particular that that piqued your interest?
1: Yeah, um, I, I think mountain is is so easy because you have the summit, and it makes it so easy to see that that's where you're going you're going to the summit and and I also love just being out in the nature and and just enjoy it and and it makes me relax and and enjoy it and I don't want to just be in out in the mountain and run really fast and I realized that also when I did a sky race in Tromsø some years ago and I was like Oh, I don't really care about people uh, catching me up and running. I, I, it was okay. I just wanted to be outside and enjoy it more and look at the flowers and, and like, yeah, enjoy it more than just run really fast. <laughs> yeah. You're
0: enjoying the, the yeah. journey as opposed to the destination. Yeah.
1: yeah and and like, and, and I enjoy to be out in fresh air and it makes me relax so much more and And the last couple of years um, before I quit my job in 2019, I was working so much all the time. And I was just like training just to keep myself in a little bit of shape, but it was more like running on the street or on the treadmill and and it wasn't much time out in the nature. And it made me realize how much I miss that uh, feeling and how much it makes me like uh, calm down and and appreciate uh, the small things in life, about being outside and and hearing uh, birds and seeing flowers and like, yeah, being closer to the nature. Then,
0: did that change over the last couple of years with the pandemic, quarantine, and lockdown, and everything? Were there a lot of times you weren't able to get out and travel?
1: Uh, yeah, in two thousand and twenty, I. First, did Aconcagua and then I went to Patagonia. And then I was home and doing a long ski expedition by myself when Norway closed down. And then I stopped the expedition and went home because everybody was saying, Oh, you have to go home. We shouldn't take any risk. So I went home. And like a month after, I started the expedition again because then it was a little bit uh, better, the situation here. And then I had planned to go to Denali and Elbrus and a lot of mountains outside Norway. But of course, it wasn't possible to travel anything in 2020. So then I had to stay home. But um, as long as it was possible for me to go out in the mountains here, I was uh, happy with that. And, and I, I, I actually was really glad on that uh, when I went to Everest because I had a really, really good training Uh, months from um, maybe, yeah, from April, uh, March, April until uh, late, um, yeah, maybe December 2020. So I had like a really good training year. I actually think I never have been training so much as I did that year. And on Everest, I was really glad I did.
0: Uh, Well, I'm excited to talk about Everest, but first I had to know more about Patagonia. So when you look back to your time down there in South America, what are the first memories that come to mind?
1: Um, of course, conquering um, uh, was—I uh, cannot, I shouldn't say it was easy, but um, I was really lucky, and of course, really glad that I did summit because it was one of the Seven Summits, and and my big goal at that time was to take all the Seven Summits. And during these last years, it's changed a little bit, uh, but uh, of course, it was important to reach the summit, and and I had a really a good guide and we were just really fast up and down and (laughs) so of course that was important but I also love Argentina and Patagonia and and we didn't climb like any high technical mountain there but we were just uh, training and and climbing and and it was really fun and had
0: a good time down there. For you someone who enjoys just being out in nature and seeing everything Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was just a brilliant place for that.
1: Yeah, and we was in El Chalten for some weeks and I have to say it reminds me so much about home. The summer home, it's a little bit similar to summer in Patagonia. It's like 8, 10 degrees, a little bit wind and and some clear days. It's very much like home.
0: Everest, one word is all you need and it just describes so much. So for you, Everest, you conquered that. Was it everything that you had expected?
1: Mm, Yeah, I, I think Everest was like, magical and it has like meant so much to me and totally different than maybe if I didn't summit or because now Everest is so much more than just the summit now Everest or the Everest expedition is more about um, the whole experience and the friendship and the people and the nature on the mountain. And I think that would have been different if we didn't summit. (laughs) Then I think it would have been more about the summit. But now the summit is just like, I was glad we did summit and had a good day. But uh, it's so many other things that also means a lot uh, after the expedition.
0: What did you learn about yourself through reaching the summit?
1: Um, That I love oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) if that's okay to say. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't uh, done, I, I did uh, Puta and Shuli in 2019, it's 7200. Mm-hmm. And we had a terrible storm. And I thought we was going to die all of us that night. It was really bad. And I was so glad I did have that experience before. um, And I didn't do any 8000 meter before Everest and I hadn't been using oxygen so I wasn't sure how I would feel about that but I really enjoy oxygen <laughs> it's it's fantastic but but I have to say it's it's not like uh, it's not like you breathe like on sea level or or being up on 8000 meter it's not like being on six or 7,000 meters, it's totally different anyway. But oxygen makes, at least for me, it makes my body much warmer. And that also m- makes me able to move faster. Uh, so I think oxygen is important to have.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. It's one of my favorite answers I've had on this show. It's just, I love oxygen. <laughs> When you get to that, that altitude of the death zone where oxygen is so thin, there, yeah. were times, there were probably times where it was difficult for you to continue forward. What do you do to reset your mind or reset your body to, to refocus on the goal and to kind of eliminate the outside distractions and take that next step? Hmm.
1: I think the most important thing is to stay focused mm-hmm. because right away when you start to think about um, other things, than the next step, then you lose the focus and, and you have to – concentrate more about the breathing and and maybe you fall a little bit down when you're stepping up so so i think that's really important and and for me it was we had a really really good summit day Mm -hmm. Uh, even i was bad in my stomach and throwing up Uh, we were so lucky that day and we didn't have any uh, big problems from camp four to the summit and And when we started out, it was totally dark, it was uh, midnight and the rest of my group was still standing in camp four and I was like, why are they not starting to move? And that's because it was a lot of people and everybody was making themselves ready. But when I was ready at midnight, uh, my Sherpa said, oh, we can go. And I was like, okay, we go. So, So we left the rest of the group already from the start. And when we came, um, we saw a lot of um, headlamps going up a lot. And I was like, shit, we are going to be standing in the line for yeah. hours today. And I knew there was coming another storm. And I knew we had a window for like 20 hours. So I was thinking the only option here to do let's is to do Everest fast. So when I saw the line, I was like, shit, this is not going to happen. Uh, but um, uh, right away when we clipped us in the rope, uh, my sherpa was passing some people, and I told him, "Okay, if it's possible to pass people, we go." And then he clipped out of the rope, and we was clipped together, and we was just running past people all the way. So when we came to the balcony, a lot of people were sitting there. And I was like, okay, now we can pass a lot of people here. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 we have to change oxygen. So we changed oxygen there, but we were really fast, and and I was in a good shape, so I didn't feel like resting anything. And then we were just clipped out of the rope almost all the way. And then we catched up with our main Sherpa, who also is a guide, and he was supposed to be in the front of our group. And he left camp with some of our climbers at 10 because they were slower than the others. So he he was starting out with them, but when I took them or catched up with them, uh, he was with me because he was supposed to be in front. So then he clipped me in, in his rope and he was moving really, really fast and he kind of gave me no other option than to just keep on going with him. And it's like... Um, it's not technical but it's a steep mountain mm. it is and 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 if i fall down there he also will come yeah. with me and and we will be maybe at least 1000 meters down either in china or in camp too <laughs> <laughs> so so you you want to to stay there you don't want to fall and um and it was just really really fast and 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 when we almost were on the summit I was asking him oh where is the Hillary step and we already did pass Hillary step (laughs) I I just didn't notice because we were so fast so when we came to the summit or I realized that we were about to reach the summit there was maybe like 15-20 people in front of us on the summit and there were no queue on the Hillary step and we waited a little bit before we touched the summit so people can get down and we can get on the top to take some pictures and then i looked at my watch and it was 6:19 and i was like okay we have been really 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 fast i was planning 10 to 12 hours or something so then i realized okay let's is possible so i was just saying okay let's take the picture and climb down so we took the picture and i th- i think we were there for 20 minutes or something and of course I was happy, but if I'm ever climbing Everest again, I'm going to spend more time there and enjoy it more because now it was just, okay, let's take the picture and get down. And we turn around and climb down, but then we came to Hillary step and then all the people were on the way up. So we were stuck in a queue in Hillary step for like maybe 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah, and then I met the rest of my team there. And that was really nice because everybody was like, oh good. And yeah. So and and I realized that all of them were going to reach the summit because it's so close. So so it was really nice to meet all of them. And and right under the South Summit, um I was having a problem with my stomach, and I was like, shit, where where to go here? Because there's no place to go. And there was a lot of people in this queue on Hillary step. And that's about, it's just some meters between. I was like, okay, it's just to do it. So so I I just uh, clipped a little bit out of the rope and and went some meters on the side. And and then I went to the toilet. And then we were climbing up to uh, the south summit. And there I had to throw up. So I didn't throw up. And then my shepherd was like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, yes, I'm fine. This is okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. And then we went down to Camp 4 uh, pretty fast, I think, and rested some hours there. And we asked the main guide, can we go to Lutze? And he said, yes, just go. And then this main Sherpa, who's also guide, he he was like, Oh, uh, sorry. You can go, but I cannot come with you because I have to be here and take care of all the sherpa coming down and organize everything. But I can send with you another sherpa, so I get two sherpa with me. So I had the sherpa that came with me from the start. His uh, Pastava, he is called, and another sherpa. So I think we rested maybe two and a half hour in Camp
0: Four. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that was my only so that was
1: Everest. It was really fast.
0: Wow, what what an experience! And that's a, a hell of a place to to have stomach issues when you're yeah, eight thousand yeah. meters up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. But it, it's pretty normal yeah. um, to get trouble also because it's it's not so easy to find. Uh, at least this year, it was really dry, so it wasn't possible to find good yeah. snow yeah. to cook and, and and yeah, and you are really high up, of course.
0: How's the waiting time when you're up there on the Hillary step and maybe you're just about to reach summit or coming down, there's got to be a Mm. lot of, a lot of anxiety that comes with that. Like you're so close, but now I've got to wait. I came all this way. Now I got to wait in a dang queue or even coming down. There's probably a lot of anxiety. You want to get there. You want to get and take your picture and everybody else has got the same mindset. So what's that like? Yeah.
1: Yeah. For me, it was, uh, I was having a nice time there actually because I met my friends and and it was okay and i was like okay i don't, I don't want to stand here too long of course yeah. because you really fast get cold up there but mm. but I, I i it wasn't a big problem for for me and i was just focusing okay now we can relax a little bit because there was no place to move it was just you have to just wait until the cube yeah goes up and and, and uh, i wasn't stressed about that and but i think it's uh, a lot about keeping the focus and also about the days that you have to wait in the tent. And a lot of people uh, get troubled those days because in Camp 3, we had to wait uh, two extra days because of the storm. And in Camp 4, we had to wait one extra day because of the storm. And I think people that is getting stressed about that and and don't feel comfortable in the tent, um, they start to think about their own beds and a warm shower. (laughs) (laughs) and their family home and but for me it's always like okay I feel okay I can relax one more day I can um, yeah and I'm just enjoying uh, that time and thinking that it will make me stronger for the next push Uh, but of course you have to be comfortable with with that and like peeing in a bottle and pooping in a bag and and if you're not or if you're not comfortable with uh, that it will be uncomfortable in the tent with two other people, and and maybe not so easy to sleep, and 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 you are eating very little. And, so if you're not comfortable with that, um, then it's easy to say that I'm going down. Yeah. But I really enjoy that time, and and I think that's a good thing to not be stressed about. Yeah, the time. Yeah.
0: Whether it be Everest or Lotse or any of your mountains that you've conquered. I'm yeah. curious about the mental toughness that you have. You have an incredible amount of mental toughness. So what are you thinking about as you're going? Are, do you have a specific mantra to, to keep you focused or anything?
1: Um, I think that the, or For me, I find it really easy because when I'm there, I'm just so focused on the job mm-hmm. that I'm going to do. And at home, I feel that I'm not so good at, at, um, I feel like if I'm going to do uh, work home on the computer or going to do something, I always start thinking about something else. Uh, but up in the mountain and also the time that we are waiting in base camp and the track into base camp, even it's really early. I, I, And I also can see it on the picture when I see myself and I don't know that people are taking picture of me. I see that I'm so focused on the job that has to be done right where we are and um, and that's really important up uh, high to not start to think about other things but just keep focus on the next step mm-hmm. and especially on Lutze when we had been out for really many hours and and it was uh, steeper than Everest, and it was more uh, like not so easy to go up there because it's more rocks and snow and ice changing, and and um, yeah, it's a little bit different. And uh, and then I was uh, just like, okay, focus on the next step. And if you don't, you will take a bad step, or you will go a little bit down, or or you get like um problem with your breathing because also like keeping focused on like just uh, doing the slow and good breathing that you don't think about other things and you suddenly do like <gasps> because then for me i feel claustrophobic when when i feel that i don't get enough um uh, oxygen well
0: that's because you love oxygen
1: yeah i love oxygen <laughs> <laughs>
0: I talked with a South African climber, Kathy O'Dowd, and one thing that she mentioned was that she enjoys when things don't necessarily go to plan when she has to adapt. So she's got her plan that she's all set on the mountain, and maybe the storm comes in or a rock's different. Mm. She likes those little challenges that come along the way, basically having contingency plans. So for you, when you don't know the route, and you know there's going to be a lot of uncertainty, how do you go forward on that? Because I know that's got to be difficult.
1: Yeah, but I also like it. That I don't know everything about the climb and how it's going to be. I think it's a little bit exciting to explore uh, what I don't know and and go to new mountains and and um, I see some people or climbers go and do the same mountains over and over again and and and, uh, and I really like to do different mountain and thing and, and just don't know what's coming and. Of course, up in the mountain, you you never really know because it can be totally different, as we had on Putahinshule this uh, crazy storm, and there was another group uh, coming. Uh, I think it was two days after us, and they had a totally different summit push than we did because of the weather. So, so that's really exciting about climbing mountains, I think. Has but you that, have to you have to like uh, to not know. Yeah.
0: Well, has that also gone into your everyday life when you're not climbing? Do you, do you like uncertainty and doubt when you're away from the mountain?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Maybe I do, but I, I really, in so many ways, wish I had a stable life. <laughs> or at least I'm thinking that that would be a good thing to have a stable life. But uh, it seems like I'm choosing different things all the time. Uh, so maybe that's something that I actually like.
0: <laughs> I don't know. From what I know about you, if you had a stable life, you would quickly get bored of it.
1: Yeah, it seems like. seems like I have to change it. And when it's been stable for a little while, I feel like, okay, I need to do something else. And, and I really like when it's new challenge and... and like when I took a manager job in Troops, I was running a, a furniture store, and it was going really bad when I I took over there. But after three years, we were really earning a lot of money, and everything was stable and good. And then I felt like, okay, eh, now I'm ready for new new things. So so maybe there's something about that.
0: <laughs> well, you said the phrase new challenges. So what are? The new challenges for you. What do we got coming up? What's on your mark now? Because once you conquer Everest, I feel like it, in some ways, you're like, man, what's next? Because that's, yeah. that's the pinnacle of it all.
1: Mm, yeah, that's a good question. And, and um, after uh, we rested in Camp 4, we were uh, just going right away to Lutze and had a good day up there. Even I had to go to the toilet like two or three times on the way up. But the Sherpa was fantastic up there. And then we reached the summit just before it was dark. And we did summit both in, in 12 hours. And that's the fastest time a girl had done that. Mm-hmm. And then we went down to Camp 4. And we was out for 22 hours. And, of course, I was happy. And on Lutsa I was more mm, relieved that it was done, both of them. Uh, because most people that sign up for both, they ending up doing one, mm-hmm. and I totally understand why. It's no joke to climb the highest mountain in the world. So, um, I, so I was happy, but I was also worried about going down in dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for me, but I was worried that I took the Sherpa with me up, and if something happened to them. Mm-hmm. But of course, they are super, super strong. And they had no problem on the way down. And, and it was okay for me also. We were fast down and, and came back to Camp 4 after 22 hours out and had a really good day. And the next day we were going down to Camp 2. And already on the way down, I was sad. Uh, I, and I should have been happy because yeah. we, did, we did both in one day. And it had been such a big goal to reach Everest But I was so, so, so sad that it was over. And I realized that very soon the expedition is going to split up. All the people are going back home. And I was like, shit, what I'm going to do um, now? and, And what will my life be? not having the goal about Everest yeah so so when I was in Camp 2 we didn't have any uh, internet connection there but I had my uh, GPS in reach with me so I texted my family and said I'm going to K2 next summer (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and then I called them in base camp and, and and I think it was the first thing I said that and they they knew I had summit them, and because I texted them from Camp Four, and yeah. said that I did summit and, and it was uh, out in the news. And but uh, I, I said to them, okay, I'm going to K2 next summer. And just saying K2 in Norway is um, uh, people are getting like, oh shit, are you doing K2? Yeah. Because in 2008 in this big tragedy on K2 where 11 people lost their life a uh, Norwegian guy Rolf ba died there he was the husband of cecilia skog and and everybody in norway remember k2 as a really dangerous mountain and of course it is a dangerous mountain <laughs> so so uh, so i don't think they were really happy about me saying that but but um but they know me and they know that i have to, do that. So um, the plan is to do all the 8,000 meters, uh, as many as possible in 2022. But how many it will be, I'm not sure yet. Uh, if I could do all, I will, would have done all. But of course, that's the question about uh, money because it's not uh, it's not very cheap to climb the mountains so but um, what's for sure it's K2 uh, and I will go back to Nepal this spring and then Pakistan and probably back to Nepal so I think it's going to be a good uh, year whatever or how many I can reach of them but um, at least K2 I know
0: Wow, it's brilliant. <laughs> I'm so stoked to to watch your journey on that. Wow. Incredible, yeah. Incredible, incredible. I know that when you're on your way down, you're feeling a little bit sad. You're thinking about K2 and what you're doing next. But I'm mm. also guessing that since you were finished, that meant home was coming up soon. You're able to get back home, meaning you're able to get back to eating what you wanted to eat. So did you have any crazy food fantasies on the way down? What was like the first thing? You're like, the second I'm back in Norway, I can't wait to eat this.
1: Cinnamon buns. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, and I always have them. Um, I always lose a lot of weight uh, there because I have trouble with my stomach. And you eat less and less the higher you get up there. So I always uh, like to come home and, and eat good and and try to put on as much as I can for the next expedition. That's uh, that's everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, when well, when you write a book one day and you write about your life story. I know the title. The title's gotta be Cinnamon Buns and Oxygen. Yeah. Two things you love. Cinnamon buns That's, <laughs> that's a good
1: title. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you live in one of my favorite countries. You live in Norway. So for someone visiting Norway for the first time, let's let's go North Norway, which is where you're at. For someone visiting yeah. North Norway, what would be your recommendations?
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, I I would uh, recommend to go to the north because mm-hmm. it's very different from the uh, southern part of norway the southern part of norway is more like europe it's like a, a big town in europe and if you go to the northern norway it's more uh, real and nature is so close here um, and you feel much closer to the nature here than in the south uh, so if you come uh, in the summertime and see the midnight sun uh, i uh, really love uh, where I'm now in Lingen and Senja and Lofoten. It's beautiful mountains. And, and if you are coming in the winter time, I would really recommend to go skiing over Finnmarksvidda or uh, Varangerhalle, where I live. It's, um, you can do it like in, in three days or five day trip. And if you do it in January, February, Um, early mars you uh, are out when it's dark most of the time and if you are really lucky you get like 40 50 minus degrees and clear cold weather and you you can just turn off the headlamp and go in the northern lights and that is really fantastic
0: sign me up for that you mentioned lafoten For the longest time, my computer screensaver was the Lofoten Islands right there. Uh, One of the most beautiful places I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I love Lofoten. And 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 Senja is uh, very similar to Lofoten. And of course, there's a lot of uh, tourists in Lofoten, but it's so, you don't have to go to the mountain there where most people go. It's so many mountains to go to, Uh, even they are not very high. uh, like many of them a thousand meter or lower, but it's uh, 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 like really beautiful to go from the sea to the summit, I think. You should come here. It's really beautiful.
0: <laughs> this has been such an incredible conversation. I, this has been so much fun. I've just been smiling the whole time, listening to you chat mm-hmm. about your, your adventures. How can people follow you? How can they stay up to date, especially as you have this amazing spring and summer planned?
1: Yeah, um most of all I'm I'm updating Instagram and Facebook. That's uh my main platform to follow. I also have my web page that I will try to do some more posting, but but mainly you will find uh the latest news on Instagram and Facebook. That's uh, that's where it happens. <laughs> if you're dreaming about climbing uh, Everest or other high mountains and I really recommend to to do the job, both in the training, but also to climb higher and higher. Because we can always see people coming to Everest or like I did Amada Blam this uh, autumn. And we did see people that haven't been climbing uh, either technical mountain low, or they haven't been to the altitude before. Yeah. And for me, I always feel the altitude from 4,500 meters. It's early. I start to throw up, but I always adapt really good and are good on relaxing and eating and drinking. Um, but I really recommend people to, to do the job and take a step higher and higher. Then you will have a much better experience. And even if it's, it's uh, let's say you're planning Aconcagua or or other six or 7,000 meters, I, I recommend to go slow up and
0: higher and higher. Then you will have a much better trip.
1: And of course, visit Norway.
0: <laughs> of course. This was so cool. This was awesome. So one of much. one of my favorite conversations I've had this year. This was great.
1: Wow, thank you.
0: Episode five hundred coming up. I'm Good. gonna I'm, I'm gonna make this one episode five hundred because wow. this was a perfect interview for me. So it's gonna be five. Oh, so
1: cool. thank you so much. It was really nice talking with you too. Yeah, I hope we can speak later this year about K two and other.
0: One hundred percent. I'm gonna be following your career, and I'd love to chat again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, thank you. Best of luck. Uh, it's ten, yeah, ten forty in the morning here. So just getting started. I know you and but yeah, now I'm going out
1: training. I'm going to run
0: in the dark. In the dark,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: you're the best. I, you're so cool. I love it. So thank you, thank, thank you so, you so, much, so for much for today. You
1: too. Uh-huh. Thank you.
0: Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Wasn't she brilliant? Absolute gem. And I am super stoked to watch her conquer many peaks this year. Give her a follow on Instagram. And once again, thank you for 500 episodes and cheers to 500 more. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.